0: Howdy, and welcome into this week's episode of Forte Catholic. I'm so glad that you are here, whether you're a new listener or a returning listener. I'm glad you're not tired of hearing me talk after about the 12 second mark that we just hit. Thanks for being here. Father Anthony and I had a blast recording this week's show. We talked about a couple of things. We talked about cancel culture and how there's some good things in it and there's some terrible things in it. What else did we talk about? We talked about holy people not knowing what's going on, and we talked about when you try to improve things and things only get worse. It's a great show. I hope that you guys enjoy it. If you do, please hit the subscribe button. Hit the bell. Hit the like button. Leave a comment of your favorite part. All the things. Hit that subscribe button. really helps us out. Enjoy the show. a guy like i am taylor's role that is father anthony scaramucci sharaba how are you padre i'm doing all right how are you taylor i'm doing great it's 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 lovely for me because privately i call you anthony and the one word that you don't want me to call you is padre but that's much more socially acceptable publicly yes so uh again getting into you and i's pu- uh, private life together what we talked about last. right month. exactly <laughs> very different between the public and the private persona but um I'm glad to be here today. We have recorded lots and lots of things over the last few days, so both of us were like, "Uh, "What are we going to talk about?" Yes, and uh, it was one of those like, you know how like, uh, you know, you're a dummy and I'm a dummy, Mm -hmm. but then God can show up and do good, good things in us. That's what we're hoping for today because we had nothing planned until about 30 minutes before recording, and then it all just came to my head. I'm like, I think we actually have a really good show today. I think it's going to go very well. (laughs) Well, How I want to start is uh, uh, to bring back a a very old segment that we haven't done in quite some time. And it's called... We haven't opened for it, but I don't know if I can find it. It's been that many years. So we'll see if we can find it later. But it's called Who Was Paying Attention at Mass? And the segment is essentially around the idea that like we all go to mass, we all hear the readings, or I mean, we, at least we used to all go to mass, uh, you know, <laughs> but it's like, you know, so remember back, back, those, back in those years, whenever we used to go to church and those sorts of things, but like remembering how like you could go to lunch and somebody would be like, oh yeah, that that gospel reading was really cool. And you're like, I have no idea. Like, don't I, remember I, it at I, all. <laughs> I don't remember it. I don't remember what father said. I remember what he messed up, but that's the only thing that yes. I remember about mass. Uh, but uh that's why this segment exists, is to look at a reading that we all heard pretty recently, a couple weeks ago in this case, uh, we're a little late to the game, uh, because this may or may not be due to uh, uh, Taylor being behind on his devotional. So I did my devotional for this reading a few days late, so it didn't Still make counts. last week's show. Still counts. Yeah, first, I mean... Whatever the whole God's outside of time, it seems to be an excuse every other Catholic uses. So yeah, why yeah, can't yeah, sure. I can't <laughs> try. Uh, why didn't you pray for me? Well, God's outside of time? No, you forgot your <laughs> 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 But uh, so there was a there was a Sunday reading a couple weeks ago that uh, I would imagine you preached on. Mm-hmm. It's the whole calling of Samuel thing, where there's Eli and there's Samuel and there's a mystery man that keeps bothering them. Yes. Remember this? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so before we get into, uh, m- my insights are always a little strange, I think. You know, sometimes yes. helpful, they but are always strange. <laughs> peculiar. <laughs> peculiar. Peculiar. That's a very fancy word for you. Today. Yes. I, I, as you said it, I pictured you like drinking a martini with your pinky out. <laughs> peculiar.
1: <laughs> I had to focus really hard to say the word the right way. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> peculiar. Per- it's peculiar, you're a peculiar. <laughs> <laughs> so uh,
0: I would imagine you preached on this a couple of weeks ago. Do you ever remember your homilies? Like, uh, you know, yeah, is that something uh, that
1: you recall? I do. Not all the time. Sometimes uh, this one I do remember because, you know, the call of uh, Samuel. It's like it's it's a classic. After all, I'm sure everybody who listened or saw or was at mass heard the hymn. Here I am, Lord. Is it I, Lord? I A-B-C-D-E-F-T-H. have heard you. <laughs> So maybe for that reason, it's stuck in my head, yeah.
0: Okay, so other than, I really hope that's not what you did for your hobbling. <laughs> no, I that did not would do that. would <laughs> make people are like, I'm going to the Protestant church, I'm done, I can't yeah. do this anymore. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> what did you, so what did you preach about? Oh, what did I preach about? I preached on um, God calling us uh, to be Christians. Um, because a lot of times... <laughs> Fascinating. I know, I know, I know. But that's the thing, <laughs> that's the thing. Um, that we are afraid of God's call. They going to ask us to do something uh, crazy. So I compared uh, what was going on with Elijah, which was what was going on in the gospel, which was uh, the whole Jesus saying, come and see. And uh, that if we actually listen to the call to be Christians, we actually wouldn't have a problem with the amount of priests that we have. <laughs> I told the story about a uh, bishop who um, ministers kind of on the border of China and India. Basically, he started his diocese. I had no
0: idea those countries bordered each other until just now.
1: Yeah, exactly. So it's kind of in that area. But this bishop started off his diocese like 40 years ago with just him and a lay evangelist literally walking from village to village. And now they have 100,000 Catholics and like 20 priests. But because every one of those Catholics knows their mission to spread the gospel, to teach the to because everyone knows that, the faith is alive and well there. And vocations, of course, will come from that. Um, so it's like, why are we so freaking Why are we freaking out about the lack of priests? This place can do it. We need to do it. And the way to do that is to accept our call in being Christians. And then I talked about what does that mean? It means, first of all, come and see. Like, you can't spread the love of Jesus Christ if you don't know the guy. And that's what Christ asks us to do first. And then he sends us out. That was the gist of it.
0: I I heard almost none of that after you mentioned the China and India thing. Yeah. i just been staring at this map. You know how big China is? Yeah, man. It's, like, real big. (laughs) Super big. So, like, I I always thought that, like, you know, like, I knew, like, the right side of India, like, the Nepal and the Bangladesh. I figured they were the buffer. But then, like, it does touch India. You know what also touches, like, Pakistan and Afghanistan? Like, how what <laughs> i've never picked like i've thought about the whole russia thing because i knew russia was big and it's like are, are, is russia asian or are they european like they look european but they're more over like china and yep. they look really different than chinese people but then like you also have chinese people who are like next door neighbors with like pakistan and that blew my mind I, you know it's a that's shame. what i think Whenever people are giving homilies, these are the things that I get stuck on.
1: <laughs> it's a shame we could have done a whole segment on what countries does Taylor think are big. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we might. T- uh, I just learned that Tajikistan is a country. I just, I have no. I have never heard of that place.
1: Wow. Tajikistan. Do you have any I more fun facts for your listeners?
0: Uh, Kur. Kyrgyzstan is harder to say than peculiar. <laughs> yes,
1: those are both difficult things <laughs> this to say. It's
0: ridiculous. Kazakhstan's the greatest country in the world. I don't know if you've heard that. I have China's heard. very big. Okay, back to Jesus. So, yeah, you like you were talking about like the call to be Christian. Yes. Like you do realize that no one in this story was Christian, right?
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. But the, I mean, so, hey, okay. So how wh- do you make wh- that because connected? God's call, is, you're driving me crazy. <laughs> it's like, well, there were no Christians in the Old Testament, guess we can't talk about that in mass. <laughs>
0: you know we can't talk about that what pakistan and china's
1: border yeah that's the good stuff that's the content
0: (laughs) so here's here's what i was thinking you know uh this is again yeah how i how i focus during homilies but here's how the story starts okay during the time young samuel was minister to the lord under eli the word of god was scarce and vision infrequent so the word of god being scarce like that that this might be my new favorite Bible verse. Yes. like I I know this, right? God, will you talk to me? And he's like, No, because I'm the God of the Old Testament, and you're a Christian, and we're not the same. Yes. Uh, vision was infrequent. i I think that probably means spiritual visions. Yeah. But I also just it would be funny too if it was like there was a lot there was an excess of blind people doing this. Well, era. I didn't have like glasses back then, so yeah. <laughs> They would be called legally blonde. Exactly. Or blind. Or whatever. All right. Uh one day Eli was asleep in his usual place. His head had lately grown so weak that he could not see. So again, we're getting into like it's I think it means spiritual vision, but yep. the next line is talking about an old dude that can't see. Okay. So it's okay. Very, very confusing. Uh the lamp of God was not yet extinguished. That's a random line. I'm sure that has some deeper meaning for those, for those of us who are. Jewish which is neither of us but the lamp of God was not yet extinct like uh, you know, his I'm night gonna, light was on
1: I'm going to make so this is this is before the temple was built but there was a a little temple at uh, Shiloh I believe this is where this is occurring and uh, I'm assuming that's to try to tell you what time of night it is so they probably light lit like a vigil candle or a lamp and it hadn't gone out yet cuz so they're not going to change it in the middle of the night. that's my guess so it's just like when my kids
0: go to sleep I yeah. leave the bathroom light on so that they're not scared. Yes. But right when they go to sleep,
1: I'm like, all right, electricity bill. And I turn yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's okay, what that okay. is. So it's that time so of that, night. Uh, <laughs> an hour after my kids So that Eli and Samuel thing. didn't get scared at night. They needed their <laughs> nightlight. Which well, I mean, they, the have, God. they have
0: strange men talking to them. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, to keep too. the lights <laughs> on. It's
1: spooky.
0: Uh, so the lamp of God was not yet extinguished, and Samuel was sleeping in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. So he's sleeping... In the temple. So this is this would be like for us, like sleeping in adoration or falling asleep in church. Well, this is which what, is this is, is what
1: every like every little kid just assumes that the priests actually sleep in the church. <laughs> right. So that but this actually worked <laughs> that way in this part of the old testament. They were literally sleeping in quote unquote church.
0: What uh I'm gonna jump ahead a little bit. We'll come back to like just going through the story yeah. uh chronologically. But this part is what kind of one of the craziest things is that I had never noticed in reading this before that at this point, I just assumed that the dude sleeping in the temple of God yeah. was a follower of God. <laughs> and at this point he was not like he's living with Eli so that Eli can like train him up to be a good dude. Yeah. But at the same time, like it says later on that Samuel did not yet know the Lord. Like he he did not have a relationship with God. He wasn't a practicing Jew like he wasn't a person who had faith. Like, so I find it strange, first of all, that he's sleeping in the temple. Like, it's just a normal room to him, right? Like, he's just, he's like, ah, old guy's sleeping in there and he snores. So I'm going to come in here where it's quiet and there's
1: a lamp. (laughs) Yeah, it might not be even that. You know, you could say that there's a lot of Christians who might not, quote unquote, know the Lord. So because he's growing up in this culture, he probably has at least a cultural Judaism, if you will, a nominal Judaism. But he doesn't have. Right. There's not that personal relationship yet.
0: Right. So while he's sleeping next to, you know, where the Jews like believe that God literally resided. right, yeah. Like in the Ark of the Covenant. Mm-hmm. Um the Lord called to Samuel, who answered, "Here I am," which is, you know, led to your favorite song. And then we all, we all kind of know the story here. We he's we like, you know, he goes to Eli, and then Eli uh, starts playing the game that we all played in junior high. I didn't call you, you yeah. Uh, and he goes back and forth and back and forth and back and forth, and he does this three times. And then finally, uh, on the on the third time, as we get into it. Samuel did not know, uh, recognize the Lord since the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. Then the Lord called Samuel again for the third time. He gets up, goes to Eli. He said, here I am. You called me. And like my, my, every time that I think about this, I think about like being a parent. Like my son has been having nightmares recently. And it's like, it's one of those things that like when the nightmares first started, I'm, like, sad for him. And, like, he's scared. And, like, we want to comfort him yeah. and all this stuff. But after, like, four weeks of this, like, I'm done. Like, I'm just, like, go to bed. Your dreams aren't real. Like, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Leave me and your mother alone. We're trying to sleep. Like, we essentially my wife and I have t- having to, like, take turns from this. And it's one of those things, like, I'm trying to be a loving father. But at the same time, I can't if I don't sleep. <laughs> you know? yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> um. But, like, you know, the, one of the biggest points I've heard over and over again is that, like, oh, like, Eli was patient with him. And But, like, the thing that stuck out to me this time wasn't how Eli was patient with him. It's that Eli, who's, like, the holy person who's like in charge of this place where the temple of God is, the holy person doesn't get what's going on for three wake-ups. Like, it's not to the third time that he's, like, maybe this is something special, like, from the Lord. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the first time he's just, like, you know, the, you can imagine the first time. Oh no, I didn't call you. It's probably just some sound outside yeah. or whatever.
1: The second time, like, bud,
0: come on. <laughs> alone? Well, you know
1: <laughs> that fits into like the wider narrative of what's going on here. So if you look at your little gospel reading, uh, the the verses, it skips some verses. Um, this is the fun thing that they don't put in the scripture uh, for Sunday, but it actually happens. Do you remember what God's mes- message is uh, to Samuel?
0: Uh, I I didn't, but I read it today as show prep because I that's the
1: only time I read the Bible is yeah. to prepare for the show. And boy, yeah, Eli's in some trouble. <laughs> Eli's in, in trouble. So Eli is actually not a bad guy, but his sons are terrible priests. So he's a priest, his sons are priests. That's how it worked in the Old Testament. And his sons have just been making a mess of the priesthood, and Eli's not doing anything about it. So it's kind of a story of a man who should know better, who does know better. Who isn't acting the right way? So uh, God tells Samuel that, like, your whole family's gonna die now. Um, so that's like, <laughs> here I am, Lord. Is it I, Lord? I have to tell these people they're gonna die. <laughs> um, so the fact that Eli doesn't like uh, Eli should get it, but doesn't get it, it fits into his whole character. He's not a bad guy, but he's not really living up to his own priesthood.
0: Well, uh, other than that last word, boy, do I re- I recognize that. I'm not a bad guy. I'm not doing as good as exactly. a as yeah, a Chris yeah. Catholic man, right? Uh, I, th- I think, yeah, that's the thing. It's like everybody's like, oh, yeah, I really uh, uh, see myself in Samuel. And I'm like, I always see myself in the wrong person. <laughs> I see myself way much in Eli, especially right now with the whole nightmare situation and all these things. Mm-hmm. Um, but even then, like e- even a flawed person in Eli. Yeah. It takes him a little while, but then he's like, he's what he tells Samuel. Like, yeah, like we have the campy song that we all really deep down really like. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like it's real it's really confusing to go to be like talking from you and then talking as God, but other than that, yeah, it's yeah, a yeah. really good song. Um I, I am God. <laughs> I am Taylor. <laughs> what? What are we at? What are we doing? Um But what he tells to Samuel, like the advice that he gets him when he finally clicks for him, he says, go to sleep. And if you are recalled, reply, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening, is one of the most famous verses in the Bible, which means it's one of the most famous lines ever said. Like like, if through the course of human history, that sentence is one of the most popular sentences that has ever been uttered. And it's from this guy who was messed up. It's from this guy who, was a, who literally just woke up from sleep, who uh, had messed up, you know, wasn't doing what he was supposed to, but was still a man of God and living next to the temple of God and training this young man who didn't have a relationship with the Lord. And then Samuel does all these great things, all because of this strange night where a man was calling out to yeah, him. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, but what's interesting, though, is like, like, yeah, we get into like essentially what Samuel has to say. To you know, th- then it gets awkward because it's like, uh, oh, I had taught you to, listen to the Lord. What'd you hear? Uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> dang it! <laughs> <You know? laughs> but then, like, I-, I like this line before he before he like goes into the spiel of like all the bad stuff. The Lord said to Samuel, "I am about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears it ring," which is a contrast to the first line of this whole thing. Where the, where the word of the Lord was scarce and scarce and vision infrequent where God's like, Hey, that, that time is over. Yeah. <laughs> the, 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 yeah. The, the time of not hearing anything and the time of people not seeing who I am is over. It might get ugly for a little bit, but they go, know I'm here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> and, yeah. uh, I don't know about you, but, uh, any
1: correlations to, you know, the last 11 months or anything? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, very much so. like I mean, I mean, uh, not that it's super dark or anything, uh, but this scripture passage kept coming up to me uh, when the scandals broke again uh, a couple years ago. Because the whole thing with Eli is that, like I said, he's not like a terrible because the, they person. weren't
0: following safe environment. Yeah, he's not. He's not. He's
1: not a terrible <laughs> person. He's not like you know doing murders and stuff. But like his children are doing terrible things, and because he's not holding them to account, punishment rains down upon. Uh, the Jewish people and upon his own household. So that that kept striking me. Um, also, that uh, it's a good reminder that times of seeming darkness or times where you can't hear the Lord, it feels like they're gonna last forever, but they don't. And one thing we have to remind ourselves is that this isn't gonna last forever, you know. And we can ask ourselves, what are the things that I need to do to change, like. Sometimes when we say, I can't hear the Lord, He hasn't been speaking to me, and I'll ask people, like, uh, so when do you pray? Well, I uh I say <laughs> prayers, I say prayers before meals. I'm like, good, good. When do you go pray? <laughs> and they're like, uh, uh uh. So sometimes we have to just admit that's what's going on. Um, but even when we are praying and trying and we're not getting anything, that is not gonna last forever. You have to hold on to that, it's not gonna last forever.
0: You're Meal prayers definitely uh, apparently aren't strong enough because I enter spiritual ecstasy in my <laughs> bless us, oh Lord, and these like guess prayers every third time. <laughs> That's beautiful. <laughs> That's good. It's the only time I hear from the Lord whenever I'm about to shout <laughs> out. Uh, but I, yeah, I do, I do like what you're saying because it's like you know that that last line of like you know things are going bad, but there's been this time of darkness, but. God's going to do something new. God is going to make your ears ring. And maybe your ears are still ringing from the intro, but maybe it's like time for something. It's time for God to do something new in your life. So let's listen to him. And don't forget to pray before your meals. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. usually save this commercial for the last one, but I'm going to give it to you right here, right now, because I need your help. So uh, last year, Puerto Catholic became a nonprofit organization. We are a Catholic charity, a Catholic organization trying to share the joy of the gospel, not only through uh, our own shows, but helping other people create their own podcasts and content, but also uh, through live events, which are starting to happen again. All of this is my primary job and uh, we we live off the donations of great people like you. So if you have a little bit of change in your pocket or you'd be able to help us out monthly, we we could really use your your support and we if you think this is a good thing, if you if you're liking the show, if you like what Forte Catholic's doing, we could use your support over at slash donate Whether you can give $5 a month, $50 a month, $10 a month, $100 a month, like whatever you can do, to, to help uh, show your love for the show, show your love for this ministry, uh, do some tithing, whatever you, however you want to look at it, uh, we would truly appreciate it. Help us continue to bring the joy of the gospel to as many people as we can at ForteCatholic.com slash donate. <laughs> Welcome back to Forte Catholic. I am Taylor Stroll. That is still Father Anthony Sharapa. Sharapa. <laughs> Uh, this is a fun intro to possibly not a fun segment. I'm going to enjoy this segment thoroughly, mm-hmm. but it could be a controversial segment. That's what makes it fun. That's that's why it's so much fun. because yeah. I think it <laughs> might be might be controversial. We'll see. So two things happen. is story time with Taylor, and then we're going to get father's uh, thoughts on this, because I've been thinking about it nonstop for days now. So I was watching the NFL playoffs this weekend for two whole days straight, because why not? <laughs> what else is going on? And uh, during the playoffs, uh, one of the teams that was playing was the Browns. And they have this superstar NFL player who actually went to school at Texas A&M right down the road from me named Miles Garrett. And uh, last season, so in the, the, the season that, has already, that, that ended about eight months ago... Um, this man, who's a really good player and mostly a good dude, made a very big mistake against your Pittsburgh
1: Steelers. Yeah. Do you recall this? <laughs> yeah, I do. Like, I'm not even, I don't even follow the Steelers that closely, but I saw the clip of this.
0: Yeah, because he assaulted a man in front of national television. <laughs> so, what he did was, you know, so he's a defensive end. So, his job is attacking the quarterback. He got, he did that, and then that wasn't the problem. It was all the stuff after. So, what he did uh, less than a year ago, was he went and got the guy, the the quarterback, ripped his helmet off of the quarterback and started beating the quarterback in the head with the quarterback's helmet. Boy, like, like, like everybody watching was just like, oh, no, like, this, is, <laughs> this is real bad. Like, yeah. this is like stuff that like you see in movies from like gangs and stuff like mafia people are yeah. like. You know, we're going to teach this guy a lesson. You, know, you should do that
1: voice because,
0: you know, your family's all
1: in the mafia. <laughs> Drop the football helmet. Take the cannoli. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah you, your family's very nice, apparently. Yes. <laughs> so uh, he does this. And people, at the time, people are calling for him. Like, he's a young guy. He's, he's young 20s. And they're like, you know, his, his career should be over. Like, he can never do that. And well, they were like, they they went through all these things, and the commissioner was ultimately like, okay, it was early in the season. He can't play for the rest of the season or the playoffs. And that was like a big punishment. Like the team didn't play as well because he's their best defensive player. Yeah. They didn't make the playoffs last year, and him being gone was a big part of it. Okay, a big part of the punishment. He comes back this year, and I'm all for it. I'm like, okay, that that that's cool. Like, you know, he he did his crime, he did his time, yeah, and you know, lost millions of dollars because he wasn't playing, he couldn't play, like all these things. Like, you know, he it's the whole punishment fits the crime thing. He, yeah. Whether you think it or not, that was the punishment, and that's what happened. So I'm I'm perfectly fine personally with him coming back this year and playing. And sure. he came back this year and played, didn't do anything dirty on the field. Like he he went back to being like the generally good dude that he that he that we all thought he was before the incident last year, right? And then I got real upset this weekend because what they were doing was that there's an award uh, in the NFL called the Walter Payton Man of the Year. And it's not for best player. It's not for best quarterback or best running back. It's for like best human person, like humanitarian doing, doing, they're a great teammate. They're a great leader. They're a great voice for the NFL. They're doing great things in the community, like with their charities and all these sorts of things. Right. Like just a good dude, like JJ Watt has won it for the Texans or won it for the league. He's one of my favorite Texans players who probably won't be a Texan for much longer. That's a sad thing that we won't get into. But like after the hurricane in Houston, like he did, he raised, I think over $20 million, for for aid to, to Houstonians after the, like so he won the award that year so it's not just for play it's for like stuff like that and I don't know 10 11 months removed from Miles Garrett committing assault in front of our eyes he's up for man of the year
1: for his team and it makes me so upset <laughs> <laughs> and I'm gonna sh- okay okay go ahead go okay ahead. so what he, do you know what he did this year like what are the
0: good things he did I don't know. They talked about it on the show, but I was fuming. I was like, are you serious? Yeah, like, yeah. you know, like, he, yes, he did his time, but, like, do we have to anoint him as, like, great person yet? You know, like, let sure. it play. Yeah, I
1: get okay. where you're coming from.
0: Yeah. So I have to contrast this with another story, because essentially we're talking about cancel culture here, right? There's another story that also happened this weekend that I'm going to share, and then we'll have our conversation about where we where we both fall on this thing, right? So there's a there's a Christian comedian named John Christ, who I've been a fan of for years. I saw him in person about a year ago. Um, he's hilarious. You know, he's one of, viral on on uh, social media, viral on YouTube, like one of the big biggest like Christian comedians. I think at the time before his kind of downfall that I'll share about in a minute, he uh, he was probably the biggest Christian comedian alive and like selling out, like. Like, I saw him in, like, a Protestant megachurch that sat, like, 4,500 people, right? Like, I mean, he was doing all these big things, and then uh, he got caught doing a bunch of things that he shouldn't have been doing, and it was all, like, sins of the flesh, lustful kind of things, where, you know, favors from women, all these sorts of things. Like, a bad thing. I, I totally agree that that is a bad thing, right? So he had, you know, he, he, he came out and, and he deleted all of his social media, wasn't posting for, for months, he was just gone. I forget exactly how long, but he was just like gone. It was one of those things, it's like, yeah, like he did a bunch of bad things, but it's also like, it's a loss because like we all enjoyed the comedy that he brought. And then it's like this weird thing. It's like, I love this guy and he let me down, blah, blah, blah. All yeah. this stuff that goes into that. Um, and then maybe two, three months ago, he posted the first thing that he had posted in like six to nine months, something like that. And he's, he's apologizing. This is, essentially, this is the kind of things that he's saying. This is a quote from him. Uh, my behavior has been destructive and sinful. I have sinned against God, against women and the people who I love the most. I violated my own Christian beliefs, convictions and values and have hurt many people in the process. I'm sorry for the hurt and pain I've caused these women and will continue to seek the forgiveness. I've also hurt the name of Jesus and have sought his forgiveness over the past few years, he privately sought and received uh, regular professional treatment for his sexual sin and addiction struggles. So, like, it was one of those things that like he's been fighting this for a while. Like, even while he was committing the sins, he was trying to get help for them. He's a he's a big public figure. He made a bunch of mistakes that a lot you know a lot of public figures can fall into. People with money and fame, that sort of thing. I'm not saying what he did was right. I think what he did was terrible, but. It's another one of those things where, like, he, he canceled his tour. Like, he, you know, he lost money. He lost tons of fans. Obviously, it was his fault, the same way it was Miles Garrett's fault for doing what he did. Um, and then he came back with this apology video, and then a few weeks later, start, you know, started doing the comedy thing again. Started posting videos, started doing all these kinds of things. Okay. So, it's one of those things. Where, and then I, I saw a tweet, actually this weekend, while, you know, while I'm watching the NFL scroll on Twitter. And it was, this, it was this lady, I forget her name. But she tweeted this this tweet, and it went absolutely viral. And the 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 comments were v- completely varied, like completely agreeing with her, completely disagreeing with her, and everywhere in between. And her tweet was something to the effect of like, "Y'all stop giving John Chris a platform. Like he's a he's a monster. Like you know he he made a mistake. He he made these mistakes. He's terrible. Stop giving him a platform." And it's one of those things where it's like, okay, this is where it gets messy, right? because we have like the one on the one hand I'm super mad about Miles Garrett being up for person of the year like like that would be like saying John Christ is person of the year this year no he's not he made huge mistakes but at the same time this lack of mercy from the Christian community that I saw to be able to forgive this man two things co- complete lack of forgiveness and mercy within the Christian community cuz that's where he lives and works and does all of this stuff right but at the same time and, and, on the other hand it was it was like this is the reason that Christians don't open up to each other about their sins. Yes. We as Catholics go to a priest to confess our sins, but it like, that's not the only thing that that verse of the Bible means confess your, confess your sins to one another. Like we should have people that we could confide in and be like, Hey man, I need help with this. Can you help me? And this is the reason people don't do it. Cause people open up that they're a sinner, which everyone is. And people are like, he should never be do anything in the public again. And it's like, so, I've been wrestling with this. was like there's got to be a, a, a happy medium somewhere between he's the man of the year, yeah. <laughs> which is ridiculous, and he should never speak again, which is also ridiculous.
1: Yeah, I have a lot of thoughts about them, and I don't know how many of them are clear. But of course, for me, this sort of thing strikes very close to home because I'm a priest. And uh, it's, you know, they, we definitely know cases that are very cut and dry. This priest has done these horrible things. You don't get to be a a priest publicly anymore, period. Right. But there's also, um, cases and people I've known where it's not quite as cut and dry. It's not, the sins aren't as horrible, but they're still bad. Um, it's like, it's the, the difficult thing we like to write people off as monsters but the more terrifying and complicated thing is that they're not. The more terrifying and complicated thing is that they're human beings, um, and if not for the grace of God, if not for other circumstances, there's a very good chance any of us could fall into that. Um, but you know, I you know, I wonder like if um, if I had done what John Chris had done, do I get to work in a parish anymore? Probably Uh, not. Not until you got old. Yeah, probably not, though, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And how many people would agree with that? Probably a lot. Um, And I'm not saying they're right or wrong. I'm just saying it it becomes different when depending on the position that you hold. Um, That, you know, there's, I mean, there's, uh, I forgive sins of infidelity and sexual misconduct all the time in the confessional um and these people they don't have to stop being uh parents they don't have to quit their jobs um nor would we expect them to you know we expect them to do a you know uh, make reparations all this sort of thing but if a priest does that you're done uh and i'm not saying that's right or wrong uh i i can see it on both sides it's very difficult so when you have someone like john christ who very much so uh because of the path he has chosen in life uh is going to be held up as a image of christianity um is being forgiven and being allowed to still be a public figure the same thing like i don't I d- no,
0: yeah i don't think they are
1: i don't think they're the same thing either um it I mean but i mean i'm just bringing these up i don't have answers to this stuff i really don't but it's stuff i think about a lot um it's tough because that's kind of his job that's what he knows how to do that's what he's good at um so you know it's one thing to say uh the one th- the advantage a priest might have is that uh, you know a priest preach- a priest screws up he can't do public ministry anymore um but unless it's really really bad the church still has to support him so he might not do public ministry anymore he'll go to a retirement house he'll still be fed sheltered clothed that sort of thing um but if you if you are a lay person and this happens or if you're not catholic and this happens and the sin affects like your livelihood um do we just say, "Well, I'm sorry, you gotta find another job," um, and part of me thinks maybe, and part of me thinks maybe not. It's tough. Um, I the one thing I do wish is that we treated these problems at, and looked at them as complicated as they actually are. I think it's very easy to fire off a tweet. It's very easy to say, "You know, cancel this person's life." Um, but the deeper thing that you're getting at, and I think this is actually very important, because this Brings it down to everyone's level. We do, as Christians, see some sins as okay and some sins as not okay. And I don't mean mortal and venial. There are some sins that are venial that people think are not okay, and some sins that are mortal that people think are okay. But this is this weird subjective thing we've placed on it where, okay, you can admit to doing this or that. You can be forgiven for this or that. This other thing, no. And that's a very dangerous place to be. Not that I think everyone should, you know, you know, get up in the middle of church and be like, uh, I committed the sin of gluttony. I ate 5,000 Oreos. Please forgive me. You're, like, that's you're like, like, we know, Todd. We can't see around you. <laughs> like, <laughs> right? You know? Uh, we don't care because those are the peanut butter Oreos. No one likes those. Uh, we, we don't do that. Uh, but if we've created a culture where sins need to be kept hidden, all that does is make sinfulness all the more prevalent. The one thing that is an antidote to sin is truth and light. You know, that's one of the things about the confessional. You get both. You get the privacy, but you also, by saying your sins, bring them out to, into the light and they lose their power and Christ forgives them. And while not every you know, sin that you commit, you need to feel comfortable telling everyone. If there's this culture of, of secrecy and shame, that's not healthy for the church. That's not healthy for people. That's bad. Uh, and I do think the overall kind of cancel culture um, really adds to that. And that's, that is dangerous. Um, so I'm glad you brought up these two examples because they're both complicated. Right. Yeah, they,
0: are, they are. Yeah. And, and like, I think one of the things that like, you were talking about, like, you know, if you, if you made similar mistakes as, as John Christ, would you be a priest again? And like, you were like, I don't have an opinion on it. Like, I do have an opinion on it. Like I, uh, maybe you don't want to, or you don't have to, you don't have like whatever, but like I, maybe I'm allowed to, cause I'm not a priest. Yeah. Right. Like I, it's one of those things where one, it's not my call, but if it was my call, yeah like, I would want you to continue in ministry at some point because of one thing, because I know that you have a good heart. Like that, that is, that's the primary thing, right? Right. And if I was your your superior, your bishop or whoever is making these decisions, like hopefully they would have people that know you and be like, yes, he's a sinner. Like most of the people close to him know his biggest weaknesses. We know his biggest uh, 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 strengths. Like we know all of these things. Uh, I, am I surprised that he messed up? No. Am I, Am I surprised that, that he's done great things? No, you know, like all, all right. of these, like the people close to you. So it's like, if you messed up, I I would know that you deep down are a good person. Cause I have a relationship with you. I've, I've known you for a long time. um, And there should like, obviously, you know, the whole punishment fits the crime thing. You know, like if, if your sins were around stealing money, like, okay, you can still be a priest. You're just not going to be around money. And like, I know situations where that has happened in parishes that I've worked in. Like, Certain people can't be around the money anymore, but they can still work here and they can still do good things after they were suspended or or whatever. Right. Um, if it's uh sexual misconduct, that sort of thing. It's like, I, I think at some point you should be depending on, obviously depending on this at some point, punishment fitting the crime, you should be able to return to be a priest, just not put in situation. You wouldn't help with youth ministry. You wouldn't help with college ministry anymore. You, you know, that, that sort of thing. Right. Um, and, like, the thing that that scared me and made me the most sad, I think, about people not th- – the most sad It was that I saw people not forgetting him right when the news came out. Like, the news came out, like, my first thing was, like, man, like, another one of, like, my heroes, somebody that I'm a fan of went down like i i've like i feel like my entire adult life is watching that happen yeah. and it's sad right so i was sad for me i was sad for him i was like dang it like i don't know him like i know you but like i i f- from what i know i think he's a good dude and i think he made a string of bad mistakes from an addiction that most people have <laughs> you know and and so like my fear was that people wouldn't forgive him and that what he would do here's what i exactly what i thought would happen whatever a year ago 10 months ago whenever this broke was like he's gonna have to become like a bad comedian now because the christian churches aren't gonna welcome him back he's not gonna be able to do his christian material so he's gonna have to go and do worse stuff because yeah. he's still talented as a comedian he's still good on a stage but if he's not allowed to be do, dude do christian material because christians don't want to hear it it's gonna like so like not having mercy Actually drives people away from the church because the church is supposed to be a place where you receive mercy. Yeah,
1: but yeah, and I agree with that. Uh, But just to make things complicated again, you know, we you were talking about punishment fits the crime. What happens when the crime is you've ruined people's lives? Like, if it's if we're going by justice, then I'm sorry, your life gets ruined too. You don't get to do the comedy thing anymore. Um, this is why it's so tough. Like, and it's tough because like you know we've been talking about uh him or uh you know hypothetical uh people um and it's also tough because you know you don't want to forget the people who have been wounded by this as well right so part of us dealing with that is you know uh yeah okay so you gave the example that in your life growing up as christian and anyone in our age uh category has just seen this time and time and time and time again right Uh, especially you've been in ministry you've seen this time and time again and so even when someone you don't know personally uh, has this fall from grace, um, has these sins, it hits you and it hurts you, right? And so there are some people who have been hurt personally by one person and when they see that happen again, it's like they get hurt again, right? right. And then them knowing that their lives have been wounded in such a way, oh, but this person go, get, goes get, go and live his life. Like, I get the anger and the frustration and the feeling of a lack of justice um, that all makes it all the more difficult.
0: Yeah, it is hard. It is hard. And I, and I totally get what you're saying. And it's, it's just one of those things that like, yeah, we we have to somehow find a balance of justice and mercy in these complicated situations. Yeah. And I feel too often we're leaning on the justice sure. and not the mercy. Right. And I, I uh, think
1: it's the important thing is I know the segment's going long, um, but the the, it's important to have these difficult conversations, because if we ignore it and if we just post stuff, that's not helpful. But having conversations like this and thinking about these things and praying about these things, that's how we get to a better understanding of what that balance is.
0: Right. Like we didn't have just have a perfect conversation about this. It's very no. messy. We, we talked for 19 minutes and it wasn't perfect. But you know what it was better than? 160 characters in a tweet with no context. Yes, you know, yes. like so. So here's how I want to end this. Um, there's another person that I didn't bring up yet because I wanted to end with him, uh, and we'll end on a happy note here. Uh, there's an NBA player who I grew up watching, and I did not like him. So here, here we go. We come, we come with two people that I liked that messed up, and that was weird. And now we come from a guy who I did not like as a player. His name's Delonte West, and he got he got popular, and he he, re, he uh, retired. Got out of the league, I don't know, five to six years ago, five to seven years ago, something like that, and uh, was found about a year ago. Uh, there were pictures of him that went viral because he was strung out on drugs, homeless, like in this huge city. And there were pictures of him, and everybody was like, "This is Delante West, like a dude that made millions of dollars in the NBA, and now he's homeless and sitting on the side of the road." And everybody, you know, everybody's making memes and making fun of him. And some people, you know, so you see some people posting like. Please stop doing that. This is actually sad and an addiction. Blah blah blah. Like this, you know, social media is going crazy and all of this, right? And then while everybody's arguing on the internet, this guy named Mark Cuban, who I also haven't typically been a huge fan of, he's the NBA owner of the Dallas Mavericks. He's also on Shark Tank, so if you're not a sports fan and you like Shark Tank, he's that that Mark Cuban, multi billionaire. While everybody else is just talking about it online, Mark Cuban, the billionaire, flies to the city gets a car by himself nobody drives him he drives around the city around where he figured out the picture was from to find delante west go and pick him up he brought him to rehab and paid for everything like obviously the paying for everything isn't huge i think the bigger thing for me for him was that he got in a car and went to go find this man because he played for the mavericks he said like i'm getting goosebumps he's like this guy was like he's part of our family he played for us i paid him and now he's He's like one of my brothers, one of my sons, whatever, you know, whatever context you want to use is hurting. He went and found him, put him in rehab. And we essentially like obviously it's, you know, being in rehab is private. But we've gotten little glimpses where he's hanging out with his own teammates, old teammates. And he doesn't look strung out on drugs anymore. He's cleaning himself up. And this is over a few months. You see pictures. He looks better and better and better. And like just this weekend, while all this is going on, it it comes out that now he has found a job. Guess where he's working? the rehab facility where he got
1: clean oh wow
0: and like yeah it's just it's it's just such a cool story of redemption right that started with one people not liking him people kind of making fun of him when he fell because he wasn't a very likable person but one person had mercy on him went and went and found him helped him out and now he's got his life back on track and he's back to helping people so that's how i kind of want to end this of like mercy does good things right Yes, all these things are complicated, but mercy is good because God is a God of justice and of mercy. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. And when we come back, we're going to be uh, uh, talking about a mistake that Father made. That'll be fun. Not as big as the ones we were talking about this second. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Last week, the entire Forte Catholic crew, me and all four co-hosts, went and played this game on Friday night called Game of Favorites over on twitch.tv slash ptony. Well, the good news is if you missed it live, we, we had so much fun. The bad news is you missed out. The good news is the YouTube video will be live tomorrow, Thursday, January 28th. So uh, head on over to youtube.com slash Catholic, Give it a subscribe. And, and check out the video. We had so much fun. I'm not going to tell you who the winner was. You got to watch to find out or just read the person's tweet because they bragged about it a ton. Uh, but head on over to YouTube. Uh, leave a subscribe. If you're listening beforehand, it'll be out. Uh, tomorrow if you're listening later it's already out go check it out we had so much fun being together with so much chaotic energy usually it's hard to wrangle one co-host in at a time so having all four at the same time and another host like it was just a glorious mess we had so much fun uh the people watching had a blast live so i think you'll enjoy it youtube.com slash forte catholic to find the video of the entire forte catholic crew on game of favorites hosted by peter schmidt Welcome back to Pointe Catholic. I am Taylor Schull. That is still Father Anthony Sharapa. He has not been removed from the priesthood. Uh, but, uh, you know, whatever. We're, I did say at the end of last segment, there was a terrible transition. I said that Father Anthony made a mistake. I promise you it was not sinful. He did not make any large mistake, in the grandiose to the sense that we were talking about last segment. But to me, it was a big mistake.
1: And to you, it was a big mistake.
0: So why don't you explain to people what you did wrong, dear Padre?
1: Uh, so my dear, my dear sweet mother uh, was able to get her 31 year old child a the new Xbox, uh, and that's wonderful. But the thing is, with this new system, to I was make say, it
0: don't you, you don't you bring your mother into the mistake? No, 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 no. she's wonderful. <laughs> it's amazing.
1: She worked miracles to make this happen. And um, the thing is, in order to see uh, what the Xbox can do in all of its glory, you need a screen that can work with it. And so I've got my setup actually right here behind my uh, computer screen is my uh, little TV screen. And I want a monitor because I don't want a small TV. I want a monitor that fits on my desk. That's where it works. Uh, but the thing is, I could not find a monitor that met all the requirements. I needed 4K and a high refresh rate. It makes things look smoother, right? And I was reading forms and looking at stuff online. And I was like, I think this is the one I want. I go to Best Buy time and time again. I say, "Hey, do you have something that meets these requirements?" And they would say, "Yeah, this screen, but we don't have it in stock. I'm like, dang it. All right. It finally comes in stock, and I order it, I'm super excited. and I set it all up, and I realize that I was duped. It had the four k, it had the refresh rate, but you couldn't do the refresh rate and the four k at the same time. <laughs> It's so like, like, you look, can have and, this hot dog, yep. you can have this ketchup, but you can't put them together. <laughs> no, you can't. You can have straight ketchup or straight up hot dog. And it's like, oh, I don't. those are great together, but by themselves, it's so weak sauce. And I find out that uh, uh, there's really only one monitor that does both of these things, and it's very hard to find. And so now I'm stuck here. I'm not technically stuck. I could return it, but I'm probably not going to because that's just too much hassle. I'm so mad at you. And it's nicer than my old one. it is nicer than my old one, and i I'm just gonna probably take the hit and you, that's you, you, you know who's taking the hit? who
0: your mother, who lovingly found the Xbox, which is much harder to find, she went through all this trouble to upgrade your uh, upgrade your gaming setup, yeah, and you're not doing your part. <laughs> I, I'm so I'm... mad at you for two reasons here are the two reasons that I'm super yes. upset with you one. You were looking for a monitor. What did I tell you to buy instead? A TV. Yep. I told you to buy a TV because all, a lot of the TVs are built for these new systems and do all the things that you want them to do. You know who has a TV that does all of that stuff? Me, because I did it correctly. You want to know the second reason that I'm mad at you? Why? Because on last Friday, we were both looking forward to this. I was looking forward to this for, this for you. You were looking forward to it. We were like, we're going to play on Friday afternoon. You got the monitor, and uh, you f- you set it up, and you realized it was the wrong thing. What's the first thing that I told you to do right then? You said
1: in so many words that I needed to send it back.
0: And so we started playing video games that night. And what screen were you playing on? On my, on my new screen. On your new screen. The incorrect one. So I was like, okay, like I understand, like you want to try it. It's it is better. It's still an upgrade, but it's not what you were trying to buy. It's not what your mom was trying to do. It's not what anybody was trying to do in your life. And you're and I knew, I knew right then that you were settling for it and that you had given up on returning it. So what did I tell you that night? The last thing I told you was good night. The second to last thing that I told you, return the screen, put it back in the box and return it.
1: And what when what screen were you playing on the next day? Same one. Same
0: stupid screen. <laughs> I'm so upset with you. It's you're so complicated. Close.
1: Like who who returns stuff from Amazon? That's just I, I, how do anyone I mean what can?
0: It's so easy. You literally just bring the box to UPS and they take care of it. You don't have to do anything. I don't know. It didn't
1: come in an Amazon box, it just came in a regular in its regular no, box. Like,
0: you don't have to have a box. You literally give the product to UPS. They scan a bar So I have to like go done. to
1: a UPS store.
0: I'm going to come over there and punch you in the face and then go to UPS with your TV
1: it's and It's like that you. requires talking to people, and it's like, oh, do I really want to do that? It's no kidding. I'm mad on. for a third reason, because now you're just
0: trying to make me upset. <laughs> 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 so here's here's the thing. You, I, I made a mistake last week mm-hmm. uh, with technology, very similar mistake, where... Uh, I ordered uh, this very fancy camera that I'm using today. And I, I, you know, it's a little different setup when Allison is here in person. So I've done this online setup multiple times, you know, like with with you and the other co-hosts, but when Allison comes over, I've only done it once or twice. The first time I did it, I did it right. The second time I did it, I made a mistake. So we only had the first segment on video last week. We didn't have the second and third. And I felt dumb because I made the mistake, right? Uh, And it's one of those things where it's like, you know, this never happened when I was using the dumb 720 webcam that looked, literally looked like I was made out of grains of sand. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, like, that's not Taylor. That's a sand castle that's been <laughs> colored to look like Taylor. Like, it's... It, if I would have just stayed with the simple setup, everything would have been fine. Just like if you would have stayed with your simple Xbox, everything would have been fine. You wouldn't have been happy, but you wouldn't have, you know, your mom wouldn't have to go through all these hours of trouble. You wouldn't have had to go through 12 minutes of upsetness and then give up. I'm so mad at you on your mom's behalf. I'm so mad. Uh, But like, I I made the mistake, like not like I always had the content when it was the webcam. It just didn't, it just didn't look great. And now it's looked great. It's looked great. It's looked great. And now I have made this. I made a mess up. I messed up. I, I slipped up last week. Made a mistake. It was partly like I didn't know how to use the camera. It was partly the camera stopped. Blah 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 blah. And the ultimate thing was I didn't. I wasn't able to put out YouTube, and that was sad for me because I know that a lot of people have been enjoying using YouTube since we started doing that a year ago. I'm frustrated. Blah 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 blah. So and I started thinking about like how often we try to improve things, and it it does it either. It gets better and then it gets worse. Like we fail because something's new, right? Like I failed with a new camera. You failed buying the wrong thing because you were duped. And then you realized you were duped and you just accepted it. But even though it cost a ton of money, I'm so mad. <laughs> but like, I feel like that a lot, like in my personal life, where I'm trying to get better and trying to get better. And it's so upsetting whenever I make a mistake.
1: Yeah. And it's tough because uh, sometimes you just make a mistake and it's not your fault. And but you feel like you run through scenarios like, oh, if I had realized this or I had done this and and sometimes you have to let that go. I think that's your case. It's like you have to let it go. It's nobody's fault. You're not a bad person. Or in my case, there's a deep underlying pathology where you just settle for mediocrity and you just are like, whatever, I'll just take the hit. This is new and complicated. I gave it a try. Now I give up. See, there's a deeper issue than the uh, actual TV screen or the money. There's a deeper spiritual issue going on. But I think a lot of people experience that in different aspects of their lives. They'll give something a shot. It doesn't go right the right uh, the first time. And then it's like, Bleh. uh Whereas actually improving yourself, part of that process is trying and failing and trying again. Uh, I've definitely gained more experience as a priest through um, trying and failing and then keep going and doing better. Um it's helpful when it's like my job. So like, if I do a bad job at a mass, it's like, well, I have to do it again. And maybe that's the reason why <laughs> I can't give up in life, but I can't give up on my TV. So maybe that's why I'm doing this. I'm not saying it's no, the I right
0: thing. You can't give up on your TV. Cause you didn't buy a TV. Like I told you to, you bought a monitor that doesn't Are there work. Even
1: 27 right? inch uh, TVs that do this.
0: No, but you could get one that's... I've already told you this. It's, you could get a TV that's five times as big for the exact same price. But that I don't want a big TV. you want it
1: to. I, want, I don't I, care what you want. It's, 27 <laughs> inches is perfect for my setup. It's perfect. I like my well, chair, you, my TV right there. You know what you could do? What? You could improve
0: your life uh, instead of settling for mediocrity, mm-hmm. priest.
1: Yeah, but, you know, for all those who, who struggle with this sort of thing, I'm I'm right there with you, so... Well, does it help that I just continually yell at you? Because I feel like it should. Uh, the thing is, you've uh, you've played that card way too many times. So you yelling at me is just like Tuesday. So it's not going to like... <laughs> if you were always super nice to me and this is the first time you yelled at me, then maybe. But now I'm like, ah, that's just Taylor. Okay. He's a silly Here's goose. Here's I'm
0: going to end the show. I'm very disappointed in you. <laughs> oh, that did.
1: I felt that a little bit. Oh.
0: Here's the thing. I'm disappointed it. in you. Yeah. If your mom understood what just happened, your mom would be disappointed in you.
1: Your if she's listening, mom, be... I'm very happy with my Xbox. Thank you. You're the best mom ever.
0: Your dad w- would be so sad that you made your mom sad. Your dad would no. Wonder he would why be upset being... that I
1: wasted money.
0: Yes, that, yes. that's what. We... Nick wouldn't be sad because he doesn't care at all. Yeah,
1: <laughs> oh God. all of these
0: people are sad except for Nick. I'm I'm very disappointed in you. And I, I need, like, for me, I need you to bring that back to, to UPS and try again. It's hurting me every time I play with you to know that you have the ability to be playing these games as well as I am, and you're not.
1: Well, I mean, seeing games better than I am, I don't think I can play as well as you. That's been proven.
0: Yeah, yeah but it would help. <laughs> we'll and see. And that's our show. I'm very disappointed in you. I'll be back next week. Father might come back in a month. Thanks so much for listening today. I hope that you enjoyed the show. If you want to stay connected with us more than just the the once a week on the podcast, uh, you can do so on social media at Taylor Schroll, S-C-H-R-O-L-L, on Instagram, on Twitter, on... Then we got Forte Catholic on Facebook and Twitter. Forte Catholic on Facebook and Twitter. Taylor Stroll on Instagram and Twitter. Stay connected with us. I hope you guys have a great rest of your week. Peace.